and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Hi, you guys. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to go Southern, but I did because I am Southern. Welcome back. That That's Sarah, and I'm Katie. Put in tell by the crazy country white trash side of the host. Oh, whatever. It's, it's cute. me. It's Sarah. You're a little Georgia peach. I'm a Georgia peach. I want you guys to know when I said, it's me, Sarah, I also did a, a kick in the air. <laughs> so I just need you to visualize that right now, too. I'm about to start kicking, too. I'm on my third cup of coffee, so I am rip-roaring ready to go. <laughs> guys, coffee's amazing. I can't believe I lived life without it for so many years. I just... Oh, Sarah, what's your favorite way to drink it? Oh, I just keep it simple. I do milk in mine, and that's it. Yeah, you know, I just do, yeah, like almond milk usually. But, um, mm, yeah, I remember when I first started drinking coffee, I was like, what is this bitterness? And it had to be Oh, it was so bad. Yeah, I had to drink a lot of sugar in mine. Yeah. Um, anyway. Now, well, also, you know, this is just a little side note, because I know you guys love to hear the intimate details of my life. But I love vanilla. What? What else are they here for besides intimate details? Like, let's be honest. (laughs) Right? Um, I discovered vanilla flavored soy milk. And I was like, this is the bomb. And I was putting it in my coffee and it had a little splash. But then every time I drank it, your girl got the shits. I mean, like, run into the toilet two steps from pants falling to the ground before I shit myself and I was like (laughs) yeah so I think I have an intolerance or I'm allergic to soy I can't do it like every time I drink soy milk and I love it especially like the vanilla flavored one I'm just like oh my god I love it in my cereal I love it everywhere but it just like tears my stomach up so that's the story of me and soy and I know you guys are so happy you heard it there's been many stories on the podcast where you actually poo your pants or you almost poo your pants. <laughs> I mean, it's a daily thing for me, you guys. Like, it's a oh, it's a legit struggle. Um, oh, man, you should yeah. probably get a recent blessing to tell you. I do you. need it. I mean, it's gotten so bad. And I, I call it, like, the lockdown farts because I swear <laughs> to celestial Jesus – my farts have been, like, next level rank. Like, I mean, I go to the bedroom and I read before bed while my boyfriend watches TV. And I usually fall asleep. And he'll come in and he wakes me up with his, like, oh, God, Sarah, have you been farting? And I instantly say no. Even <laughs> though we all know, yes, I have. And I've created a little hot box of stinky lockdown farts in my bedroom and I I swear to god by the end of this quarantine lockdown session my apartment is just gonna like reek of lockdown farts like it's (laughs) I don't know what to do so if anyone has any suggestions on what I can do let me know or if you have the same problem oh man yeah we need a (laughs) a struggle Air, air that apartment out, yeah. <laughs> I've been airing it out, but it's just, it it makes myself giggle because I instantly always say, no, I didn't fart, I didn't fart. And he's just like, really, you're the only one. Like, I know you did, just say yes. And then eventually I'll be like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> My room doesn't just always smell like farts. <laughs> <laughs> or I blame it. I'm like, I 
outside. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's wafting in from outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, is, um, yeah, opening. Yeah. Sorry, we're going to keep talking at this time. <laughs> the whole episode is going to be. That's it, guys. Sorry. Um, opening announcements. We have two new patrons, uh, Lindsay and Grain. Uh, Sarah and I discussed this, and we think your name is pronounced Grain. If it's not, email us and tell us how stupid we are. But <laughs> yes, please. Thank Either you. Way, big shout out to Lindsay and Graina, or Grain, or however you pronounce your amazing name, and we probably are butchering it. But thank you guys. Um, we really, really su- appreciate your support, and we're grateful for you. So thank you for joining our patreon community and for supporting this podcast yeah if you guys haven't seen on instagram we've been putting a lot more content on patreon and we're going to continue to do so there have been three new episodes on there just this past week and there will be a few more this coming week so if you want more content or want to you know lend a little extra support to us if you can if you're able we are beyond appreciative it's patreon.com slash not so molly mormon so there's that announcement there is and we just recorded <laughs> an amazing episode before this one just so, we did. just so you guys know it's on we there. did an episode for patreon before this so yeah, yeah. um, um there's any opening announcements you got I do I do so I saved this one you guys <laughs> to chat about with Katie slash all of you because we're all friends sitting in our living room in our stretchy pants listening slash talking on a podcast yeah and I was thinking the other day and I had this idea and I want to run it past you guys and see what you think okay I've recently discovered TikTok okay <laughs> And I've been watching videos until 2 fucking a.m. in the morning of TikTok. I can't stop. It's an addiction. I'm even one of those girls who, like, did the TikTok, like, I really shouldn't. Don't do it. Don't do it. I highlighted my hair from a box yesterday. Oh, nice. Nice. But I'm going to toot my horn a bit, and I'm pretty sure it turned out pretty good. I mean, for a really shit job of just, like, picking out some strands in my hair and doing some little balayage up in there, I think it looks decent. Good work. But the only thing I was going to say, how would you guys feel about it if we made a not-so-Molly-Mormon TikTok account? Like, Uh I think that would be funny to post some videos of, like, shit Mormon women do or Mormon guys or just, like, (laughs) just Mormon stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. I have not even downloaded TikTok. The only thing I've I've seen TikToks being shared on other social media platforms because I am old. I am over the age of 30. But yeah, I would love to download TikTok and start doing our own funny little videos because why not? It's like, listen, I'm also old. 32 is happening next month. For everyone, remember, June 3rd is my birthday, and I love my birthday because I'm a Gemini, so give me all the love um, and attention. <laughs> yeah. But also, I'm going to be turning 32, and it took me forever to discover TikTok, and the only reason why I did it was because of pure boredom being in lockdown. 
<laughs> and I like at first I was like, don't get it. Doesn't amuse me. But also because I'm in Germany, I get a lot of the German ones, which we all know Germans are not known for their sense of humor. So I was like, boring. <laughs> and then I discovered some gems and I was like, oh my God, but they don't have any ones about like Mormons or a segue into our topic Mormon Instagrammers. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Speaking of social media influencers and mommy bloggers, which no offense to any of our listeners, if you have a blog, I also have a blog. So I'm not I'm not dissing on blogs. I think they're oh, great. Yeah, yeah We're no, dissing I think... on Mormon mommy bloggers and yeah. Mormon um, Instagram or any type of social media. I'm doing quote stars. So we yeah, just like, want to chat about that for a hot second. Yeah, like the Mormon influencers. And like Sarah said, disclaimer at the top here, like we think like general influencers and people who have blogs and people who are successful on social media, like props to you. That's really cool. And we know it's not easy and that's a lot of work, but what we're focusing on is perhaps like the problematic side of Mormon bloggers, influencers, those types of people, and kind of digging deeper into that whole phenomenon. So disclaimer at the top, if you are a social media influencer, we're not bagging on you. We think that's great. And we think many types of influencers are great. Just perhaps not these ones. <laughs> exactly. Like, thank you for clarifying that. Because listen, I think if you have a job as an Insta, like as any type of social media influencer, like props to you. I'm jealous as fuck. Like I would love to have a job like that. So I'm, and I know it's a lot of work and it's a lot of dedication and it's a, it's mentally exhausting having to put up with like trolls. Cause even when we get, a handful of them, it's like, I just want to lose my shit. So (laughs) I understand it's like, it's a lot. It's mentally exhausting. So for sure. But I think what we want to focus on is not, not the approach of social media influencers, but rather the content and what is presented and projected. And that's why we want to look at the Mormon influencers and the content that they're producing and sharing with the world and their community and their followers and how it's problem- problematic. Right. Um, that's and I think we also agreed that, I mean, unless you've changed your mind, Sarah, but I think for the most part, we're not going to say specific names, right? Yeah. Just yeah. Because um, if you guys don't know, in the past, I've done some response episodes to a few Mormon YouTubers, and they were really upset about that, even though I gave them credit for their work, and I just was responding to them. Anyway, it was a big old deal, but so we took those episodes down, because, well, they actually got one removed, because they were so upset about it. So anyways, we're just not going to say the exact names, but... um. You might be able to guess who we're talking about, or it's it's also just kind of like not calling out any one particular person in general. It's kind of just the overarching uh, umbrella of Mormon, Instagram, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly, so. because we just want to be uh, cautious, and I, I want to say this, that we're not afraid of confrontation when it if it results in a good outcome you know calling people out on their shit 
and vice versa, having people call us out right. and, shit, and we learn from that and we grow and we, you know, change and we would hope the same would be done for others. So it's not about us avoiding it or trying to be like, you know, we, we don't want to say their names because we are trying to be vague to avoid confrontation or whatnot. It's just more of a legal point because last right. time they reported us and said that we had copyright infringement, okay, which is just bullshit. Here's the um, thing that like made me so upset because I it was in fair use and I we did not do anything illegal or infringe on their copyright. But what happens with SoundCloud is they just don't want to deal with it. So if someone reports it, they deactivate that track and then you get a warning. And so it's like you ha- and we had to go through all this disputing and they SoundCloud was wanted to like save their own butt, essentially. And so anyway, so we just don't say that kind of stuff at least on the main channel anymore we do it on patreon so exactly (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah and like sarah said like we wish that we could kind of just call out in uh, obviously in a kind way call out these people by name but just because we've had that experience in the past we don't but because we would be totally open to like those people calling us out and having a dialogue but as of right now we're not at that point so anyway that's where we're Okay, so Mormon influencers, Sarah, I feel like when we say that, you can conjure up an image and most of them would fit what you're thinking. So a very, very, very basic white bitch. That is the (laughs) image that comes to mind. I mean, no disrespect. It's just, it's the truth. Like when you look at any of the top, I, Katie and I did um, some research, and yes, I did research. I know everyone pick she up did. your jaws from the ground because it <laughs> happened. Um, and all of the top like five I saw, and, and before we recorded, I was chatting with Katie about this that I legitimately could not look at more than two of those accounts because it yeah. was like an instant trigger of trauma for me, and like, oh my god, I'm feeling these all of these emotions of like insecurity and not being good enough. And like, I need to instantly go get my eyebrows done and fake lashes and nails. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I still do some of that to this day, but it's more of where it stems from. Like now I do it because I like it back then when I was living in Utah, it was because I was trying every single way I could to fit into this mold of a perfect Mormon woman, which is what, all of these Instagrammers, the, even just the two I looked at, but there was a list of, I think, five of the top ones, and I couldn't get past two. Yeah, I, was I looked like, up, whoa. I looked up um, quite a few of them, and here's the thing. They all, like, they'll, they may have different hair color, but beyond that, it's, it's striking how similar they are with their looks, it's like their their face and their body and then their clothing and especially like they're all married and they're all moms yeah Yeah. like they all are so similar and like you said it's this this curated picture of perfection which yes all influencers like all people do they present a better version of themselves online but it's really obvious that no one's life could ever be as perfect as these Mormon mommy influencers are. It's like what it's just too, too gleaming and perfect and sparkly. 
And like you said, it, they all are like totally polished, perfect all of the time. And I'm saying quote unquote, perfect all of the time. Like, you know, the perfect outfit or the perfect body or the perfect face, which that's not really a thing, but it is in that Mormon dumb sphere. They all have that idea of what perfect is and they all look like that. Exactly. And for me, it's like I I used to be 100% guilty of falling into this trap when I lived in Utah and feeling that I needed to always be 100% perfect and how I presented myself had to be perfect. I was always on a diet. I was always getting my hair dyed, highlighted, Brazilian waxing, blowout, fake nails, fake lashes, um, eyebrows done. Um, fake tan. T- fake tan. I had a fake tan. I used tanning beds. I was on every um, fad diet you possibly could be on. Um, all the supplements. Like, I'm not exaggerating. I did all of that plus more when I lived oh, in Utah. Too. And I was constantly on the look for the next best thing and how to be the the quote-unquote perfect Mormon woman that I could be on the outside physically mm-hmm. as well as on the inside. And for me now on my Instagram or my social media, I unfollow people that like that in a heartbeat because I, I don't want it. I don't want it on my Instagram. I don't want to see that shit because it's not real. And I'm no. not talking about posting a doll adult photo because I do that a lot. I post selfies of me like when I'm feeling myself and I got dressed up. But y'all know if anyone's on my personal account, I also post those fo- like those pictures of me with no makeup, looking rough as hell, whatever, yeah. just a normal day to day. Like it's a real, I want it's to be real. as real as I can. And it's still cute. Yeah. It's yeah. Really- and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, it's relatable. It's, you don't seem that's, fake. And that's the thing is that I don't, I try to present that because I want to follow or to have in my little social media community people who are like that. So for celebrities or anyone who's in my feed that is not presenting that, I just like, no, I have no respect for. And the people who I follow, like Jamila Jamil, I I always say her name wrong, Jamila Jamil, Mm -hmm. um, I community, Ashley Graham, Amy Schumer. Those are like the top ones in my and my fee that I have so much respect for and they, they help me because they don't just address this whole idea of um, being perfect physically, but also it's like the realness of mental health, of yeah. societal pressures, of everything that is exactly, as you said, Katie, relatable, whereas mm-hmm. these Mormon Instagram or just Mormon influencers are the exact opposite of that. I cannot relate to them in, in any way. Right. Not and just from a religious point of view. I mean, just from an outside point of view. Right. I, I actually used to follow some Mormon. There was one gal that I liked her style. I thought she was cute. I didn't really know that she was Mormon and still she, until she started posting photos in front of the temple. And then I was kind of like, eh, and I was a little put off. And then I just noticed more and more things about how every single thing she would post was like, perfect and her she was showing how her and her husband were building this new house and it was just like gigantic and how he was constantly like doting on her and it was over the top unrealistic expectations of not only 
the type of clothes you're supposed to wear, the type of house you're supposed to have, and then like your relationship. Like I know that anyone who acts like that on social media is doesn't have that great of a relationship in real life. You know what I mean? And it started to like wear on me. And then I realized that she was Mormon and all of the fakeness just, it, it built up and I had to unfollow because it was like, what, like, this isn't real. I can't, I don't have any, I'm not taking anything away from this that is of value to my life you know (laughs) yeah not at all not it's just it's so unrelatable and the fact that they're thriving and that it's still like for me in this day and age I feel like a 90 year old grandma (laughs) (laughs) um but especially with so much progress we've made and the movements we've made with body positivity and self-love and mental health awareness like everything it's just it's baffling to me that there's still such a huge community that these Mormon influencers affect and that they have this following because I just think like it's detrimental it's not even that I want to call them out because they annoy me on a personal level but I also think they do a lot of harm like I think it's just it's not something that is positive and yeah you know I think I think when you are an influencer that has over a million followers and you I think at that point, you hold some type of responsibility to influence instead of intimidate or, you know, you you want to uplift people versus like make them feel less than. And a lot of these influencers, not just Mormon, but the ones I'm really thinking of are the Mormon ones is like they I feel like you have responsibility to do things that will help people. And instead of like some of the stuff they share could promote feelings of depression or spark eating disorders or whatever. Like, even if they are naturally like just really thin and really beautiful, like they have, that's great, but they have a platform to speak. I know some naturally just like thin and beautiful women that are influencers that aren't Mormon and they still speak out about important things and create content that is wholesome and makes you feel great versus people who, just use their money and their power and their status to kind of show off. And then it create like they have control of what they put out there and they're not, I just don't feel like a lot of them, a lot of them are tone deaf, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, they set up these unrealistic expectations that are just completely unattainable to most people. Most people don't have the funds to have that type of lifestyle you know and if especially in the Mormon community if they have you know a million followers and say half of those followers are Mormon that's a lot of people that you're influencing and instead of taking that platform and saying you know what hey great you're in the same religion like I'm not even talking about the religious aspect of it like saying that you know I don't even think at this point they need to say, like, I'm not Mormon anymore, leave the church. It's just more of, if you're going to stay in the Mormon church, let's make some changes. Like, let's learn to love our bodies and not feel ashamed of them because the Mormon church tells us that we have to dress a certain way. Or, you know, instead of taking the approach of some of the influencers who are based on style and fashion, instead of saying, like, look, hot, modest is hottest and look at what I'm wearing. Right. Let's show right. different options and, and right. just present. You don't have to just have a clothing line that's all quote unquote modest. You could still be a Mormon fashion designer or Mormon 
influencer without having to throw in your face that unless you dress this way, you're not modest. Or unless you have hair that's exactly perfect like this, you're not complete. You're not fulfilling your Mormon duties, you know? Like, it's just this idea that there's already so much pressure within the Mormon church, even before the times of social media and influencers, of women having to be these perfect entities, these perfect examples of righteousness, of of being physically outstanding and like perfect and no flaws and, you know, just really unattainable. And now you're taking that and amplifying it on this platform that it can reach even, you know, millions of people, like, as you said, there's just a bigger responsibility there. And unfortunately, I don't see it being used in a positive way. Right. And to further what you're saying is that it does, it goes beyond just like their physical appearance. I think with all, all, all of them that I know, anyways, they are young mothers, and a lot of them have a lot of kids. And so the things that they post are you know, maybe about their clothing, about their makeup or whatever. But then they also have posts with their children and stuff that they're doing with their kids and with their home, being homemakers and all of that stuff. And they're presenting it in a way that is absolutely unrealistic. Like we know, you know that they have nannies and they have people with professional cameras taking these photos. They have maids. They probably have someone to help out with the cooking and the other type of cleaning like they have to because there there's no way that they, this would be looking this perfect and this clean and this organized and your children behaving this perfectly all the time because that's just not reality but it makes all the other mothers especially the mormon mothers that are following them feel like they're pieces of shit for not yeah. having kids that are like doing this perfect craft and making this perfect meal and then sitting at this perfectly curated dinner table with all of these, you know, China sets that your kids aren't messing up. Like it's just not real. And it's making women feel even worse about themselves. Exactly. Well said. I'm applauding you. Oh, hey, thanks. Yeah, I think that's exactly (laughs) right. It's not, it's definitely not just the physical aspect. It's everything. It's, It's this idea of portraying perfection when we all know perfection is not realistic. No one is perfect. I'm sorry, Celestial Jesus, you're not perfect either. Like, (laughs) hey, Celestial Jesus. (laughs) Hey. Um, And it's just, you know, I don't even know how to. They try to hide, but sometimes I've noticed. Okay, I, I might be stepping out of bounds here, but I don't know. Like, sometimes I notice that they attempt to do the vulnerable thing, but it's actually not vulnerable. Like they'll use the hashtag real talk and then they'll show a picture of their face. That's just maybe not wearing as much makeup or whatever. And they'll talk about their problematic skin when like you look at their skin and it's basically perfect. And then they're in the um, caption. They're like, hashtag real talk. Like none of us are perfect and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really like that. Real about like that's not authentic, sorry, because a lot of us actually deal, all of us deal with real issues, and we would a lot of us would kill to have skin that looks like that because you get free sponsorships from the best skincare brand in the world. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. sorry, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, 
for me, realness, if you're going to do hashtag real talk, would be actually talking about, because these girls, they're not robots, like, even though they look like them. Sorry, that was really mean. They don't. Um, but they do. Um <laughs> Sorry, ladies, but they're not, you know, dead on the inside. I'm sure they have their own insecurities, their own issues that are what would make them relatable to the community, but they don't show that. And that's the part where I'm just like, ah, like, I can't look at this because it's so just in my mind, this maybe this is out of bounds, but it's just ridiculous to me. And like, I, yeah, I don't have the patience for it. There's one that when I was doing my research, this is kind of a sad note, but we'll just I just want to say it real quickly. There is this famous, very, very popular Mormon Instagrammer. And she actually she had all these children with her first husband and portrayed this absolutely perfect, picturesque life. And like a couple of years ago, he actually died. And I don't know exactly how it happened. What the best I could find was that he said he was going to a meeting and then he didn't come home and they found him like a month later in a body of water and in his car was like some weed and some alcohol. Mm-hmm. And this influencer girl who was married to him, she like just the way that she responded, I'm sure she was so heartbroken and so upset, but it was like kind of like that pushing it under the rug like don't mention that perhaps he was dealing with depression or perhaps he did have an alcohol addiction and you know like some kind of stuff like that it just got kind of swept away and it was uncomfortable and not pretty to talk about so she didn't and granted she didn't need to say anything about it but like the few things she did say were very short and every time she did she was like just in full makeup, full hair. And then she got married to someone else like less than a year later. And that's fine too. But I just think it's worth noting that like this, the really sad and very real things that she probably could have addressed with her platform about handling depression and handling grief. Um, it, but of course I want to say that she wasn't obligated to talk about those things, but just of the, course, stuff but she, still, the, yeah. the stuff that she did say was not, enlightening about that and it just kind of made me realize like you know you also see that in Utah County with like the opiate crisis you know they just don't want to talk about it but it's like it needs to be talked about so you can help people is the thing and if you have power in the platform to talk about it it might be a good idea to at least address I don't know I don't know I know that's a sensitive topic but like it was just something that I was like whoa that's crazy that's crazy. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like this, we we might have to just even do a part two on this. This is insane. But there's also like, um, Katie and I, we did research, as we mentioned before, and one of the same articles that we came across. It's mm-hmm. really, really, I thought it was well written. It wasn't so, it wasn't biased. It's not like saying super like I don't know I think they do a good job of presenting uh, Mormon influencers but not straight up saying like this is ridiculous but also you know calling out the areas of improvement that need to be called out and it's in um, allure.com and maybe Mm -hmm. we can post the link in our story when we publish this episode but um, one thing I did want to talk about too and this article is full of like amazing quotes I could just read the whole thing aloud really Um, 
But one point that I thought was really interesting towards the end of it. um, So it talks about uh, basically it even gets into the MLMs, which I thought was interesting. So it talks about that as well. But it talks about plastic surgery. um, And Mm -hmm. that's a big and, and I want to emphasize again and again and again that there is absolutely nothing wrong with plastic surgery. Like I'm we are not in any way saying that no women should not get plastic surgery because as we preach and we will always preach, you do whatever you want to do with your body. Like See, that is your body. If yes. you want to have plastic surgery, then get it done. There's no judgment, no anything. Like you do you. It's Our like issue. how we feel about how we feel about tattoos and all like everything to do with your own body. You do whatever you want. That's exactly. we really want to emphasize that. Yeah, <laughs> we want to emphasize that. The only reason why we're bringing up plastic surgery is not because we're like, oh, it's the worst, and Mormons do it. It's because we want to talk about the hypocrisy of it all. Like, as in. Mormons are so anti-tattoos, and the Mormon church comes out and says you can't have tattoos, you can't have multiple piercings, blah, 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 because it changes your body. But then it's okay to have plastic surgery, which for me, I just don't understand how it's okay or how it's justified in Mormon doctrine that you can have (laughs) tattoos, or you can't have tattoos or piercings, but you can change your body. Like, for me, that's the same thing. Like, maybe not the same thing, but it's... It's a similar practice, you know, of changing something. Yeah, they're both forms of body modification. So, yeah, you can't have a tattoo or multiple piercings, but you can elect to have any type of, you know, plastic surgery you want. And it's kind of like you can't drink coffee or tea, but you can drink five Red Bulls in a day. Yeah, exactly. They say that it's like your temple and you need to take care of it, but then they give you very specific ways to take care of it that are hypocritical, um, that don't align with one another. Exactly. And it even says, I think this article was written in 2017. I might have to correct myself, but so it's not super recent, but you know, within the last few years and it says, um, So it's talking about Interstate 15, and it says, Driving along it, one passes housing developments, empty expanses of arid land, and billboards for body modification, teeth whitening, cool sculpting, liposuction, and breast augmentation. They sprout it as often as, and often right next to, signage for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Though it's the capital of one of the most religious states in America, Salt Lake City has more plastic surgeons per capita than Los Angeles. It doesn't line up, does it? Last Julie Hanks, a Salt Lake City-based psychotherapist specializing in Mormon women's emotional health and relationships. To quote, it's a culture with very strong ideas about humility, modesty, and double D boobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, it, it's mental because again, you know, I'm going to, you know, sound like a broken record, but we're not saying that there's anything wrong with plastic surgery. You know, we're all about doing whatever you want to do with your body. It's just the point that it's this idea of this culture that's embedded so deep in Mormon religion and especially in Utah of of women, especially being physically perfect and that they have to have you know perfect teeth perfect skin perfect body perfect face hair everything in order to be the most righteous 
incredible wife and mother in the Mormon church, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I It really struck me in that article when someone mentioned that your, your looks do play a role because that that makes you attractive to a worthy priesthood holder. And mm-hmm. when you, so I think that, let me, I'll read the direct quote. It says, when you come from a patriarchal religion, your best bet for gaining power is to be appealing to the men in charge. It can be very hard for women who are outside of normative standards of beauty. In this religion, you're not just talking about having to look good now. You're also talking about your eternal salvation. Ultimately, these beauty standards are connected to what gets us into heaven because you can't get into the highest level of heaven without attracting and marrying a man. Oh, so I hadn't really thought about that before, but that's really true. And I think that's why when I was Mormon, it was like getting approval and attention from men was what I I was seeking and I think that's why I did all those things that you did too like the diets and the fake tan and the bleaching of my teeth and all the different skin creams and stuff because you like you need to have a man and you need to get married and have children because that's how you get to the celestial kingdom exactly and and for us what we're trying to hopefully do in this episode is just to shift that dialogue and to shift that way of thinking of, you know, if you want to whiten your teeth, whiten it. If you want to dye your hair, dye it. If you want to self tan, tan. If you want to lose weight or work out more, whatever, that's fine. As long as you're doing it from a a healthy mental place, as in you are doing it for you and not for anyone else, not because you feel pressured or that you're doing it to impress someone else or to get validation from someone else. If And not even validation from yourself. I think it just needs to be because you want to do it for yourself because you want to. I, I do things quite often not because I'm seeking attention or validation from anyone else but myself but because I just like it I like having pretty nails and I like having my hair done but if there's ever a point where I start to shift that dialogue in my head or that perspective in my head where I I catch myself doing it for reasons that aren't for myself but maybe because I'm listening to thoughts from others like oh I, I think that they're they, they they're judging me because I can I can feel it they think that I need to lose weight or you know maybe I need to impress so and so or da 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 so I'm gonna go on a diet and it's like no 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 like that's not a healthy way of viewing it and so we just want to emphasize in this episode that we're not saying you know we're anti any type of self-love if that means focusing on you know changing your hair or your body or anything like that that's fine we just want to make sure it's coming from a healthy mental state does that yeah. make sense yes yeah totally the only thing I'm against is tanning beds because cancer but besides that yeah. that, <laughs> besides that do what you want and honestly like I think for everyone they feel their best doing and looking like doing different things and looking different ways and that's the whole point is to like embrace who you are and play up what you want about yourself but the problem is when especially like young vulnerable Mormon girls perhaps are following 
all of these influencers that all look the same. I mean, it is kind of like just celebrities at large, but it's also it. it at least with celebrities at large, there's a lot of variation. Whereas like the Mormon mommy influencers all look the same and all have the same kind of family. Like they're all white. They all mm-hmm. just, they have this, they portray this perfection that's just not real. And so if like you think that that's real, that can be really detrimental to you. So yeah, that's our point is <laughs> like, do whatever you want, but just do it for yourself. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we, again, we can't openly say exactly who we're referring (laughs) to, but we would love to have a dialogue with um, these Instagram famous Mormon influencers. Um, And just, you know, I would love it if they use their platform to promote something, if they changed it to a more positive, healthy approach, then that would be great. You know, I'm not saying they should just like get off of, social media and never show their face again or completely change their platform or say that they, you know, are going to leave the Mormon church. That's not at all what we're saying. Again, like if you're happy in the Mormon church and you are fully accepting of the doctrine, I still think it's problematic that you believe some of the things if you are progressive, but that's a whole different episode we can get into. But our main um, push for this is just creating this conversation getting it started so that in these these people with positions to really influence people and especially as Katie mentioned like younger generations in the Mormon church who are following and especially young women who feel the need that they have to uh, you know live up to these ridiculous expectations that they're seeing in their social media and that this is what they have to do in order to get a husband and you know, go to the celestial kingdom and blah, blah, blah. Like, we just want to change that, to pivot to a more healthy approach, you know, like something that's, okay, we know we can't make it our version, (laughs) you know, where it's a bit more frank and real and just leaving all that bullshit behind, but at least pivot a bit and, Mm -hmm. and make it so it's realistic expectations for these Mormon audiences. Yeah. For sure. And that even goes with like the more, I guess, popular like Mormon YouTubers that I I really feel like they should be open to criticism and open. I just think there should be more voices like you were saying, like pivot it so that uh, like Mormon listeners can have a different can hear a different viewpoint, because sometimes some of the stuff they're fed is like just one, one, not true, or two, kind of harmful, especially in terms of, like, you know, just, like, gender roles and LGBTQ issues and feminism and stuff. It's, like, they need to be exposed to these things, and I don't know how much they're getting. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was... I was just thinking about remember I don't know if you want to talk about it but and I don't think she's an influencer but I was thinking about Instagram and some of the funny things that like Mormon people post on Instagram <laughs> and that person who lost their earring <gasps> you guys do you okay. want to like vaguely do you want to vaguely tell that story just because I thought it's social media related <laughs> let me do this so uh, yeah yeah um, I, so I had a friend, uh, from my BYU times and 
Yeah, okay. I'm not going to go into the details, but we were friends, and um, I still followed this person on Instagram, and they went off to travel the world, and um, by world, I mean they went to one place, like they went to one continent, Asia, and um, they... Yeah, so I just need to preface this before I go into the earring story. And I feel kind of bad saying this on the podcast because I didn't, I will take responsibility for this. I did not address this person one-to-one and send a private message about this. And now I'm kind of talking about it on a platform, but it's anonymous. So uh, I can have this conversation later. If if this person ever finds out, then I will apologize then and have this conversation then. But um, they are a, uh, so she's a white woman. And she was in um, a country, I won't say, I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible, a country where predominantly there are not white uh, people there. And mm-hmm. she posted this comment, this picture, talking about the struggles of racism and how, you know, she was just so sick and tired of people wanting to take pictures with her because she was a white woman and it was just like racism and blah, blah, blah. So you guys immediately, I just like wanted to lose my shit and be like, you need to shut your fucking mouth right now because you have no idea what racism is about and you've never experienced the, any type of racism to the extent that minorities have. And this post that you're saying is just absolutely absurd. It's offensive. It's just, ah, so anyway, so that's the first thing that already put a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth with this individual. And she is a quote unquote influencer. Not that big, though, but she, I think, makes a living from it. Okay. Um, so that's the first experience I had, which, to be fair, as I already said, I should have directly messaged her and been like, hey, this is problematic. You should not blah, blah, blah. But I didn't. And now I'm talking about it with you guys. You're welcome. Um, But the other thing that I had to take a screenshot and send to Katie, which, again, I didn't say anything. But, you guys, she lost her earring. And she (laughs) does this long post about how she lost her earring and she was so upset and blah, blah, blah. But she has, in all caps, God answers prayers because she prayed her and her significant other knelt and they prayed to find her earring. And lo and behold, they find the earring a a minute later and they just know God answers prayers. And I'd like to point out that it wasn't like a diamond or pearl earring. It was like, oh, it looked like it was wood or acrylic or something like that. Yeah. 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 And this was during COVID-19. Yes, it was. So when people are legitimately losing loved ones, lose, you know, people are dying. They, they have no money, no income, no food, no water, no, you know, dealing with all the mental stress and mental health worries from po- like from COVID and the pandemic. She's posting about losing a fucking earring that she prayed and God answered her prayer and found her earring. So celestial Jesus and quote unquote heavenly fucking father can find your earring, but not, you know, get rid of this virus that's, you know, negatively affecting millions of people. Yeah. That makes sense. 
That makes perfect sense. And then you're putting that on Instagram as an influencer. Like, mm-hmm. what? Oh, it's as just... you're already posting something as a white woman about experiencing racism. So it's like, could you be more privileged? Could you? I just want to slap the ridiculousness out of all of that. Like, I can't. Yeah, it's just absurd. And I get very passionate about it because I, I had to unfollow this person. And unfortunately, I've had to unfollow quite a bit of Mormon um, friends who I, I've, I've kept along in my social media because I didn't want to be that person who, you know, I leave the church. So I unfollow Mormon friends because I didn't want to be the person who they were to me. When I left the church, they just, you know, quite a few people just had nothing to do with me anymore. So I didn't want to do that when I left. But at the same time, it's just gotten to the point where I can't handle the comments and the posts because they're so Uh offensive. They're so offensive and they're so dismissive of reality and of what people are going through. And I say that from someone who is very privileged and I totally am self-aware that I haven't gone through the struggles that many people go through who are going through hardships that I can't relate, you know, as a white woman, a white straight woman in today's world. Like I, I don't experience the prejudice and racism and sexism. Well, I do experience sexism, but not on the level of other people. And so it just, I can't handle, I can't handle the comments anymore. And if I see it on my newsfeed, I just instantly now unfollow people. Oh, me too. I've unfollowed lots of people. I actually have one that might make you rage if uh, you want me to read it. Yes. (laughs) This person, she's also a white woman, a white Mormon woman. And um, I, she's, I wouldn't say she's a big influencer, but she has quite a following, but I unfollowed her after this. So she, oh God, I just don't even, I feel like gross even reading this, but (laughs) (laughs) she posted a photo of, do you say his name, Ahmad Arbery? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a tragic. And I feel like we should have spoken to that at the beginning, but what a tragedy. Our country So heartbreaking. So she posted a photo of him, and then this is the caption. Oh, God. Okay. I'm thankful I know Ahmad Arbery is with God and at peace, despite the circumstances of his death. I know God is with his family during their mourning of his death and injustice of the circumstances that surround his murder. I know God is with all of us, his children, right now as we experience hardships of mortality. Jesus teaches us to change our stories to forgive 70 times 70, love your enemies, let him without sin cast the first stone. I understand how stories of hate are perpetuated, though, through complete ignorance, complacency, and selfishness. I know how to change the story to love. If you want more love in your life and in your family, neighborhood, city, and our world, open up and see everyone. Pray for help to see if you need the help and strive to understand we each have the opportunity to impact the world. If you're unsure what love really is, because your definition of love is clouded by the story of hate, you should pray, ask questions, and understand that and understand everyone's thought processes, but open be open to insight and direction from God. I'm striving to do these things myself and they take commitment and faith in God to even desire to change. I promise love is worth all the effort to change. 
I know despite horrible things happening, love wins and God will always win. No matter the horror that happens here on earth, peace is afforded us in the atonement of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful God allows each of his children to choose the life we live. I truly hope we each choose freedom in love, freedom from the bondage of hate and fear. Wow. I feel like that's like propaganda for white supremacy. Like, I... I, (laughs) I get what she was trying to do was to like, I think she was trying to say that if you are a racist, you should pray and then not be racist. But it came across as so completely tone deaf. Like, and so dismissive she, of his family. And she was just talking about God and her religion and the atonement of Christ the whole time. Like, First of all, you're a white woman living in Utah. You probably shouldn't even be talking. About, I mean, you should be talking about it and supporting it how you can, but not in this way. And no. not. And I read it as more of like forgiveness of the perpetrators of these two horrible men who did this horrible act. And I mean, I'm not going to speak on behalf of his family. You know, they need to do whatever they think is best and what gives them peace. But that is in no way her place to insinuate that they need to forgive those two men for doing that. I mean, fuck that. If they don't want to, they definitely don't have to. And they don't have to, you know, turn the other cheek or forgive seven times 70 for two men who brutally murdered their son just for being a black man. Like, there's, there's no other reason for it other than racism. So, I don't know. I just feel like you... Of course, it's important that every person steps out and raises awareness on this issue. But like you said, she's not the person to speak to it. Like, she's not that. It just comes across as very white privileged. And and she used it to, like, evangelize her religion. Exactly. If you feel bad about this or if you feel hatred, you need to pray and, like, use the atonement. Like, that's just... So tasteless. Mm. I'm surprised she didn't put hashtag LDS.org at the bottom. She actually hashtagged his name. Which, <gasps> yeah, I know. I know. I can't. It's gross. So don't. Yeah. Ugh, uh-uh. Anyway, that's that gross story. <laughs> Guys, that has just this episode. Whew, it's enlightening and it's I think it's really important that we speak to it but it's exhausting like my brain is like yeah I am mentally exhausted from discussing this because it's just something that's very relatable to both of us and I'm sure many of you listening and for those who never grew up or experienced Utah culture or um, Mormon culture in terms of like you know these influencers Count yourself lucky, but for those who have gone through it, it's just, it's exhausting and having to talk to it because it's one of those where we know we're, we're picking a battle that is going to be either A, we something we just never win or B, it's going to be a struggle because it's not a healthy conversation that you can have with these types of people, unfortunately. It's very, as we experienced last time and every time with any of the Mormons, it's like they shut down and want to silence you or take your content down or, you know, threaten to do so. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun, Katie. Are you ready for this? (laughs) (sighs) You know, know, it's kind of funny. We, uh, on our MLM episode, we posted on Instagram 
a little, um, it was just a little picture of a pyramid. And I think it said like, stop asking me to join your fucking dumb pyramid scheme. (laughs) And, um, we had a lot of MLM people that really, really hated that. Like that was a big argumentative post. And anyway, I guess we had a follower. She, uh, was quite a big influencer and I think she was pretty big in like lip sense that MLM and she she came up in my research and uh, I just remember when we posted that she like was so mad and was fighting us in the comments and DMs and then she was even posting in other groups on Facebook and stuff we had some some of our listeners screenshot what she was posting about us and how like basically trying to shut to uh, silence us and discredit us and it's like and Holy moly! All kind of names too. Yeah, like so yeah, that it was vicious. It was this, very vicious, and this was around the time that we were nominated for the Brody Award, and we were trying yeah. to get votes. And she proactively went into these ex-Mormon Facebook groups and told people not to vote for us, which I just thought like I so know. silly. Like if you don't agree, you don't agree. But to just yeah. act. Like you're, I just think it's so much energy, so much wasted energy. Yeah, so she was an ex-Mormon influencer. So, yeah, we might uh, get some pushback. Yeah, push- I have a feeling we will. But, oh, whatever. It needed to be talked about, and I don't think we were. Mm-hmm. I have no regrets. So. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> no, unless uh, someone, could, you know, I'm, I'm always open to critic- constructive criticism. So, of course, if we fucked up somewhere we need to make amends, we will. But as far as the actual topic of, you know, and what we're trying to do in this episode, I have no regrets. Like, it needs no. to be talked about, needs to be changed, and yeah. And that's that. And I think that's all. I'm going to go stuff my face with a slice of pound cake. Hey. Oh, delicious. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh yeah. Have a great week. Okay, bye. Bye.